Welcome to the Orange Crest Community Church Podcast. Our hope is that this weekly podcast provides both encouragement and challenge as you move forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. Well, it's good to see all of you here. We're, we're a few weeks into a series of messages that's called God Dreams, and we're looking in this series at some of the unique opportunities that we sense uh, God is asking us to move towards in the next 10 years. So we're laying out our 10-year vision in this series. We're also using this series to identify uh, the major pieces of our church's identity. So our mission, our strategy, our values, our measures. And so each week we're looking at pieces of this frame that clarifies our identity, who, who we are as a church, and then our vision. Where are we going in the future? And so the picture in the middle of this frame, it really for us represents that there's some things on the horizon that... We're, we're moving towards, we sense God wants us to move towards in the next 10 years. And so we've been identifying pieces of a long-term vision throughout this series. And so near the end of this message, we'll uh, lay out one more of those uh, initiatives that we're going uh, to fo- be focusing on in the next decade. And so, so far, we've covered on the frame the piece of mission. And so with the mission, the mission answers the question, what are we doing as a church? What is Orange Crest Community Church doing what are we trying to accomplish? Why do we exist? That's what the mission question is. What? It's the what question. And here's what our mission is. is we, in, we exist basically to invite people to take their next steps with Jesus. And this is very closely tied to the Great Commission, a statement where Jesus sent his uh, disciples gave them their assignment and told them that they were to go and make disciples of all the nations, baptize new disciples, and then also to teach the new Christ followers to obey all the things that Jesus commanded. And so we're going, the way we are, are phrasing this mission statement really does capture this sense of not, plant, not plateauing in the Christian life, but taking next steps. So maybe the, the next step for you might be just take a first step towards Jesus. For others, you might have taken a a step towards Christ many years ago, but this mission that we're on is to help people continue to take steps of growth and not plateauing, but moving forward in the years of their life. Uh, Last week, we looked at the other side of the frame, which is the values piece. And the values question really is, why? Why are we doing the mission here? God's not just interested in what we're doing, but he wants to know the why behind it, and we should be we should be clear on the why. What what's what are the values that support the mission? So here's our five values. They are life to life. We're a relational church. We want people to be relating life to life, sharing life with each other. We value space to investigate. As people come around, we recognize not everybody's ready to respond to Christ that first week or even that first month. Or you know, some people don't respond for for many years, but. We want to clarify what it means to follow Christ. We want to have conversations that share our faith clearly, walk through what the Bible says it means to be a Christian. But we want to give people space to investigate. Uh, we don't want to push. And so we're mindful of some of the passages that remind us that when we're sharing our faith, we're to do it with gentleness and respect. And so we want to give people space and feel pulled along by a culture rather than just being pushed by pressure. A third value here is team with us. We want people to to work together. We, we look and we love when we find opportunities for people to team uh, in church life. Fourth, a commitment to train. Uh, we, we have been training. We've been training people since we started this church, but we keep putting a focus on training, so we're 
highly uh, uh, involved in some training programs to help people keep an edge of growth. And then fifth, guided by Scripture. So uh, everything that we're doing as a church, it needs to be supported through the, the, the foundation of God's Word. And so this is a high value for us. The messages on our values and our mission are all on our podcast, on our website. And so I'd encourage you to check those out. They're really important. And it'll answer some questions if you're exploring OCC. But the message we're looking at today is the strategy piece. What is our strategy? Now, strategy answers the question, how do we accomplish our mission? How do we accomplish our mission? In other words, how do we pull off the mission of inviting people to take their next steps with Jesus? How how do we do that? Now, strategy matters. We all know that strategy matters. If you've ever played sports or had kids that play sports, you recognize that there's a strategy involved in most every sport. When my my uh, daughter is now playing in a U12 league of soccer, and it's fun because it, at the U12 age, there's actually a lot more strategy that goes on, whereas the younger your kids are, it's just, just getting them to run in the right direction is, is a win. But now it's like, no, there's actually... There's a strategy to the game, and I'm seeing the strategy begin to unfold, and the coach is actually able to work with them. They're setting cones up and doing drills that are far more you know, complex than when uh, you know, the children are younger. And so it's fun seeing that emerge. I'm excited to watch the strategy and see how her team develops strategically together and how they work together. Strategy matters. We know that. Strategy matters if, you're, if you've played board games. Here's a board game that uh, I haven't played this in a while, but it's a game that when you're first starting this church, we use this board game to just connect with people. It's called Settlers of Catan. I said it the wrong way for many years, apparently, and I've been corrected. But I say Settlers of Catan. But some people apparently, you know, maybe are from Catan, and so they know how you're supposed to say <laughs> Catan. But anyway, whatever you want to call the game, it's a strategy game where you're, you're using... I don't know, I'm not going to try to explain it because I'm like the worst. At, I'm not the person you want reading the instructions on a game either. <laughs> but I enjoy playing this game with friends. And one of the questions I'm always asking is, in my mind, who's at the table and how? What's the strategy? How do I need to approach this game? Based on the players around the table, how should I build my strategy tonight? You know, Every player brings something different. And I know the patterns of of different individuals and what strategies they use. And with this game, there's many ways to win. There's different strategies, but I'm thinking through, based on the the way that the board is arranged and based on the people at the table, how should I approach this? I'm thinking about the strategy piece. If you're in business, the same is true. You need strategy. So business leaders or teams will work together in a conference room, and they'll lay out their strategy. For a business, the goal is to make a profit. And so the leaders are always asking the question, how are we going to accomplish this goal? How are we going to hit these numbers this year? And how are we going to stand out amongst all the competition? And businesses that last are those that clarify their strategy and keep going back to their strategy. So strategy is the pattern of behavior that tells us how do we accomplish our mission. Now, if a church is going to set out towards a vision of what they sense God wants them to do in the future, they need to have a clear picture of their strategy. And strategy needs to be something that is practiced. It's got to become a set of behaviors if we're going to get anywhere. And so, in many ways, the strategy are like steps along the way that that people can take to accomplish the mission. Sometimes in church life, though, there are so many steps that you could take. Have you ever experienced this where in church life there's just there's so many things you could do and you're really not sure 
which one you should do. It's a little unclear which steps are the most important. Sort of like going to a restaurant and the menu is huge. You've been to, have you ever been to the Cheesecake Factory? It's not a menu. That's a book, you know. It's, it's just, it's pages and pages of, of options and there's great food. That's why, that's why I like that place. There's so many great choices there, but I mean, just, just look at one page. That's one page of entrees. There's several pages of entrees. It can get so overwhelming when you have all of these choices. So whenever I go there, I almost always order the same one to two things. I don't venture far from my Madeira chicken, it's called. And that's my favorite. And I, I just, I'm sure there's other things that are great. You may have your favorites there, and that's good for you. But for me, um, I just, I stick with what I know. And the pages are sort of overwhelming. I think that's why they bring you so much bread and, and water there up front, because then you're going to be there for a while to try to make your decision. But And then you go get to dessert, because you can't go to Cheesecake Factory and not eat dessert. And this is the cheesecake, this is one of the cheesecake pages. Now there's a couple cheesecake pages, and I think there might be, be more beyond just the cheesecake at the factory. All of these choices. Now again, I, I don't, I don't start reading all the descriptions, it's too overwhelming. I just go with what I found. I, I go with what I know, which for me it's this one right here. It's called the Mango Key Lime Cheesecake. And some of you are like, ooh, that sounds good. And some of you are like, ooh, that doesn't sound good. I invite you to try it. It's really good. But I get overwhelmed with all these options, so I just go with what I know. That's where I'm most comfortable. Now, compare the Cheesecake Factory experience to a place in Texas called Babe's Chicken House. Babe's Chicken House. Has anybody ever been to Babe's Chicken House? Okay, a couple. Okay. All right. So in some of their restaurants, they only have two options for your main you know, your main entree. And the, the, the waitress will come up. She says, sort of like, what, 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 you know, how do you say, how do you say it, Jerry? You're, <laughs> I'm trying, what, yeah, what do you want? What do y'all want? <laughs> you know, sort of, sort of like, chicken or steak? Chicken or steak? And that, that's your two options. And when they say steak, they don't mean steak what you think. They mean chicken fried steak. And they mean fried chicken. So it's fried chicken, or chicken fried steak. Those are your two options. And you, everybody gets the same sides, and they're good sides. You got some biscuits, you got, you got some corn, you got some, probably some greens. You get some pie. But you only have chicken or steak. And, and ordering is easy. They make it pretty easy. I like that experience because there's, it's, you know, when you walk in hungry, they make it really easy for you to enjoy that meal. Now in church, now that you're all really getting hungry and you're ready for lunch, in church, we don't want you to come and be totally overwhelmed with too many options to taking your next steps with Jesus. If that's our mission, our strategy can't be so many steps that you have no idea. So the, the strategy piece is really if you're coming around and you're trying to figure out, what is it that I should be doing constantly here? What would, what would that look like for me to stay on track and taking next steps with Jesus? We, we really want to flesh that out this morning. So I want to look at a passage from Acts chapter 2. Verses 41 through 47. And we're going to look at the pattern of behavior found in the early church. The church at this point in Acts 2 is only a few weeks old. This is basically after Jesus' resurrection from death. He's already commissioned his disciples with their assignment, with their mission. This is after Jesus has ascended to the right hand of the Father where he is 
at this point, it says that he's at the right hand of the Father and is always interceding for the church. He's praying for us. But at this point in the book of Acts, which Acts is the history of the, the Christian church, the church has just exploded with new people. Peter gets up where there's a crowd of people looking and, and listening to what's happening, and Peter preaches a message, and 3,000 people respond to Peter's message. And they're ready to repent, they're ready to believe in Jesus, and they're ready to be baptized, which is an identifying mark of Christians. They were ready to go public. And so the, the book, or Acts 2, tells us that 3,000 people were responded and were added to the number of the church. So it goes from this small group of people to a megachurch overnight. The next question is, how do we help these people grow? How do we help these people? Jesus told us, teach people to obey everything I've commanded. Now, how do we do that? What is the strategy involved in that? So let's look at Acts 2, 41 through 47. And you can follow along if you brought a Bible, or it's up here on the screen as well. It's on the listening guide. It reads this. It, it reads, those who accepted his message, Peter's message, were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Now, pause for a moment. They devoted it. it, This is a word that, this is how we know it was really a pattern of behavior. They were devoted to some things. They had a practice of doing something. They They were devoted to gathering together to listen to the apostles teach. There was this large gathering for instruction, and they would gather to listen to the apostles' teaching on the Jewish scriptures, the law, the prophets, the writings, and then woven together with what Jesus came to fulfill. So the apostles were able to fill in how Jesus came to fulfill the Old Testament. And, and he came, and as, he was, and the, as the apostles were teaching, based on what they had experienced what, as eyewitnesses, People are gaining instruction. They're gaining insight on what the Christian life should look like. And, and now we have the New Testament, the writings of the apostles, along with the Old Testament. And so we still need this kind of guidance for, from God's truth. We still need this. So we still gather in much the same way. We devote ourselves to biblical instruction. Now let's keep going. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Verse 43 says, everyone, and we're going to go back through this, by the way, but let's just read through it. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The impact of their strategy is right there in verse 47. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. There was a clear distinction with this group of of people. These Christ followers lived different than the world around them. They had some patterns. They gathered together for some things. They, They valued some things and their practices made them distinctly different from the culture. And people apparently were taking notice of it, leaning in, listening, hearing, having conversations, and, and God was adding more people to their number. 
So, so what is our specific strategy here at OCC? Five things we want to highlight this morning. And we've got these footprints, so you can write them in the footprints if you'd like. might be kind of hard to fit it all in there, but you do your best. So these are five timeless patterns that will keep you growing and taking, new, taking next steps with Jesus so you don't plateau. So the first of our strategy is this. It's attend the worship service. So you can write that in the first footprint if you like or around that area. And, you know, and then give yourself a star right there. Great job, you know. You've taken this step. You've taken this step. Acts 2.42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This was a practice in their lives. Later on in verse 46, uh, it's going to say, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. There was this large gathering. This, this gathering, the large G gathering, has been the practice of the church. This gathering should never get old for, for Christ followers. It shouldn't get old. When we gather, we draw from the source of God's truth, the Bible, and, and we relate to each other. We share life together. We fellowship together. We remember the sacrifice of Jesus together. That's, that's both in our conversation and even in some ritual of sharing the Lord's Supper together. We, we gather to remember the sacrifice of Jesus. We pray together. Now, the writer of the book of Hebrews, look at Hebrews 10, verse 25, he's concerned on this gathering being forsaken for some. And so he writes, let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. See, some are wanting to drop the pattern. And and the writer of Hebrews says, don't do that. Don't give up on meeting together. Some people are in the habit of doing that. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This service, this gathering is... Is the way that many people come around our church for the very first time. In a sense, this is like our church's front door, the worship service. We, we hope that as you come to worship on Sundays, you'll get more and more clarity on the Christian life. Uh, we invite you to participate. Uh, and your participation is actually one of the ways that we apply this point of encouraging one another. As you gather and as you participate, it's an encouragement to the people that are here. Because sometimes people come to worship and are coming out of a pretty difficult week. And it takes everything inside of us just to come and make this a priority. And we get here, we're being led in song, we're being encouraged to worship, and you look down the aisle and you see someone else, and you know their story, you know their life, you know the hard things they're going through, and you think, wow, look at them, they're singing to God. They're they're handing their burdens to God, they're praying, they're, they're responding, and, and I know what they're going through. And so... That strengthens us as we realize who's here and the challenges they're they're facing. And that that encourages us. And it's sort of like God infuses us with courage to keep singing, to keep participating, to keep making this gathering a priority. So sing when you're here. Sing. Add your voice as we give honor and praise and to our God who is worthy. Add your voice to that. And then aim to get to know people. Maybe maybe grab lunch with people who attend your same service. Get to know people outside of this. Use that card. We, we talked about, John highlighted that we're going to do a series, How to Make a Bad Decision. We're going to teach so that people don't do that. But, but we try to make it easy to invite people to our worship service. We launch series with cards and we offer donuts so people would come and want to check it out. But I would just encourage you, keep on with this practice. Here's the second Part of our strategy. Next step in our strategy is join a group. You can write that in another one of those footprints. Join a group. 
Look back at that passage, Acts 2.46. It says, prior to this, it says they would gather in the temple courts, but then it says they broke bread in their homes. So along with the large gathering, they broke bread in their homes. They had small gatherings. And they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Now, groups have always been a major part of church life here at OCC. And this is not our original idea that we do small groups or groups. It, it's been a pattern since the early church. And our, our hope is that every adult would sign up for a group here at OCC. And so I want to invite Scott Lamberth, our pastor over groups and care, to come up and, and share more on this part of our strategy. Good morning, everybody. And again, good morning, everybody. So, hey, um, yeah, groups are going to be launching at the end of this month. Today there's a catalog in your handout, which I'll point your, you know, I'll point you to in a moment here. But let's, before we get into that, let's watch a brief video testimony of why this is one of our strategies. This is why we point people towards groups. So check it out. Growing up, I never went to church at all. I wasn't really raised Christian. Um, it was never really a thing my family did or was part of our life. I decided to join a group, honestly, because I was really looking for friendship and community. Um, I had just had a baby, and um, we were living out in Riverside. He was working all the time, um, and I just felt like that would be a good way to hopefully connect with other women and moms and um, just start making friendships and not feel like a face in the crowd when I went to church on Sunday. Had I just gone on Sundays and not uh, attended group, uh, my experience at OCC would be completely different. Uh, I've made uh, a lot of close relationships with a lot of different families here. Uh, I've done a million activities. It's a good way to bond and uh, just get to know other people. You know, everybody likes food, so if there's a bunch of food, it kind of brings people's guard down. You know, everybody's eating. Um, it just makes it easier to talk to people, you know, that you might not uh, have hung out with. Groups have helped me tremendously with parenting. Um, I have just been able to get connected with so many women, um, other moms who are in very similar stages of life with very similar age children as mine, um, and just feel like a support, um, feel like I'm not alone, um, and just be given a lot of tools and tips along the way as to, you know, issues I might be having or, um, you know, ways to grow and learn with my kids. So a recent experience I had, uh, had a group was I was able to uh, connect with my daughter through rock climbing. Uh, there was a rock climbing men's group and uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was just a good way, to, you know, to like bond with like the other guys and uh, some of them brought their kids and it was, it was a lot of fun. Maybe you can identify with the connectedness that they're talking about if you've participated in groups here before. Maybe you can identify with wanting that kind of connection here at OCC. So if that's you, we have a group for you, whether you're a parent, single, student, married, new to our church, or even just new to exploring who Christ is. Um, check out the group catalog. It's a very thorough catalog. You know, we have 
minimal options to, to our strategy here, but once you get invested in, this catalog is going to feel a little bit like that Cheesecake Factory menu, okay? <laughs> so, but you know, In-N-Out only has like what, burgers, fries, and drinks, but boy, you can get a double-double cheeseburger, 4x4, four four, animal, kill it, sodium burger, you know, you can get, so, you know, some of these groups are meant to be the fries, kind of accompanying, and some of these are meant to be the main dish, so mm-hmm. check them out. Check out our website as well. We have some videos on our website that you may want to watch in order to um, set yourself up for making a decision. We aren't letting you guys sign up today. Sign-ups will start next Sunday, and we'll have a few weeks of signing up. So check that out. Talk to anybody who has one of these shirts. Ask me about groups at OCC. I'll be in the breezeway after service. Come up and talk to me. Uh, watch the videos on the website if you're interested in the training groups. We'd love to have you. One note I would like to make for you is in group number eight, it's a student life group. There's a misprint in there. It's not Saturdays. It's actually Tuesdays. It's okay. We'll fix it by next week. Just wanted you to know in case you're planning. So thanks. Take care. Thanks, Scott. He- Hebrews 10.24 writer of Hebrews writes, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. That kind of spurring happens in a group. It, it, it's, we're pretty limited in the large gathering to experience that kind of spurring on towards love and good deeds. It gets very practical in groups to, when we start thinking through in a smaller setting and challenging one another through uh, what we're learning from the Bible to live out the Christian life. And where else is that going to happen in your life? Who else is going to invest time in you to spur you on in your walk with Jesus? It's hard to find that. And so this, this is a strategy piece that we would encourage you to make as a pattern in your life. Here's another part of our strategy here at OCC. It's commit to the body. To commit to the body. This group of people in Acts 2, they were committed to one another. They were, there were no disconnected Christ followers. They all were committed to the mission and committed to one another. Acts 2 verses 44, verse 44 reads, All the believers were together and had everything in common. They were unified spiritually and they were unified practically. This, this wasn't socialism or communism. This, this indicated a, a sense of we belong to each other. We care for each other and, and we're counting on each other. There's a, there's a commitment that you read implied in the text there of t- together, the sense of belonging. Yesterday I saw a picture of this. I showed up to, uh, along with my sons to help uh, a family from our church move. And you know, when you're moving, we've all moved and it's, 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 it's difficult, right? You're sort of dreading the experience when you're moving. Well, this, this was able to lighten the load for a family. So I show up, and, and there was about 25 people that came to help this family move from within our church. And that's, that's not an uncommon experience. Maybe the number is, is higher than I've seen at points, but it's also, I've, not, I've seen a large number of people like that to help with the move. All sorts of people from all different ages helping with the, with the need within the body. There are just people that have this practice to where we're committed to one another within the body. What a joy. I love to see people care for each other. And if you would like to explore this part of our strategy, you'd say, you know, I want to, I want to commit to this body. This, this matters to me. I, I want people to, I want people to count on me. That if I'm not there, that someone's going to know that I'm not there. I, I, I want, now it's, it's getting harder and harder for us to do this unless people commit to the body. People can fall through the cracks when they don't commit to the body. And so if you'd like to explore this part of our strategy, 
then sign up. The first step is to sign up for our preview class. It's on the back of our connection card. You can check that box, and we would love to help you explore uh, our membership process here at OCC. Another step in our strategy is this. It's, it's volunteer on a team. Volunteer on a team. Look again at that same verse, Acts 2.44. All the believers were together, had everything in common. Basically, people were a part of the effort. They saw themselves as part of the effort. There was a volunteer spirit. There was a working together. Look at Romans 12, verse 4 through 6. It reads, just as each of us has one body with many members. That's like your physical body. Each of us has a physical body, many members. These members do not all have the same function. My hand and my foot do different things. So in Christ, we who are many form one body. That's called the body of Christ. Each member belongs to all the others. Verse 6 reads, we all have different gifts according to the grace given us. God has distributed different gifts. And so Marie Spezaferi is going to come up and she's going to, she's our ministry team's director. She's going to share about what it's like to volunteer at OCC so you can understand more about this piece of our strategy. Good morning, everybody. Can everybody hear me? Great. Okay. Um, so I'm Marie. I'm the um, director of ministry teams here at OCC. Um, as we've been going through um, each week reviewing our mission statement, our mission statement is to invite people to take their next steps with Jesus. And each of the ministry teams that we offer on Sundays um, create opportunities um, for us to do that, even on a team level. Um, so I'm going to go over each of the teams. Our team win is to create an experience that um, promotes first-time guests to come back and bring a friend. So we have an intentional thing that we're doing on Sunday mornings. Um, it's an overflow of our mission, and it really comes into play um, in each of our volunteer teams. Um, so the first team I want to go over with you guys is First Impressions. So you guys may have seen them when you came in. Um, hopefully you got a name tag on your way in. Um, but the the way First Impressions contributes to the mission is acknowledging and welcoming and, and showing care for every single person that walks in through our church. Um, for refreshments, of course, we're all grateful for the coffee and for the occasional donuts. Um, so be sure to thank your refreshments team. Uh, but they really do show a lot of care and hospitality to us as a church body, um, creating space for people to connect. Um, and then facilities. So there's a setup team and a teardown team, and they literally set the stage for us to experience everything that we do here on a Sunday morning. Um, so the stage, the projectors, um, and then there's a whole team that tears down everything each week. Um, and then the sight and sound team, so they're allowing us um, to all hear what I'm saying right now and then track along with the message and really helping us to track along with what Josh is sharing so that we can leave um, with some takeaways um, after um, the Sunday message. Um, the worship team, they help us to lead, to lead us into connecting with God in a meaningful way. Um, they enter, help us enter into a time of worship and to um, reflecting on God's word. And then lastly, KidZone. Um, if you have kids or have ever served in KidZone or ever walked through there, it's a really um, fun, safe atmosphere for, for kids to hear more about who God is and, and really begin to walk with him. Um, so each of these teams really play a crucial part in contributing to our mission here at OCC. And um, every team is ex- accepting more people, so there's always room for more. Um, we'd love for you guys to join a team. Um, the easiest way to do that is on the back of your connection card. We talk about it every week, but on the back, the volunteering option. Um, so you can just check that box, and then I'll get in touch with you and love to get you connected on a team. Um, it's a great way. I know for me, I really felt like I belonged here at OCC when I started being a part of a team and serving regularly. Um, I served on First Impressions when I first started coming around OCC in college, and that was really helpful 
Um, so talk to me if you have any questions. Thank you. Thanks, Marie. Th- this part of our... I heard like a, the rumblings of a golf clap, I think, for a moment. So I was like, oh, let's just get that going. This part of our strategy activates your faith. This activates your faith because we can do far more together. Whether Sunday mornings and set up, this is not our building. We lease this from the city of Riverside. I say this often, but all that's here when we get here are these chairs. So everything else is set up and torn down. So whether Sunday morning or a large-scale event that we do for our community, you've probably heard the phrase, many hands make light work. We, we work together. And something unique about serving and volunteering is it's almost never about you when you serve, when you volunteer. It's almost never about you. You know, groups can become about you. Worship can become about you. Volunteering is almost never about you, which the action of just getting past ourselves creates really healthy people. So healthy to, 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 to serve, to sacrifice. It's so healthy. And it may appear like, oh, this church, they seem like they have everything they need, but that couldn't be further from the truth. We would love to introduce you to volunteering here at OCC. It's also one of the easiest ways to just meet people around here, to volunteer together. So we invite you to explore our variety of ministry teams. There's the box on the back of Connection Card. And then the last thing here, our last strategy piece, is invest in and invite others. You can see in the early church, there's a pattern of deep concern for one another and also for those outside of the church, those who are far from God. There was a deep concern. So the, the pattern was, I, I invest in people who are on the inside, and I invest in people who are not on the inside, people that are on the outside of the church that are maybe doing their own thing, walking their own way in life. I still invest. Now look at Acts 2.45. It says, the pattern for them was, they were selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. This was basically describing a generous group of people. People were open-handed in the way that they lived their lives, the way that they structured their time and used their resources. They were open-handed. They invested of themselves. They welcomed people into their lives. They weren't hiding out. They were, they were opening their lives up so people could draw close. People who were far from God could see the Christian life up close. And the effect of, of all of this is verse 47. It says, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Here's the effect of all of the strategy, all five pieces. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. As they were living out these patterns of behavior, God was adding to their number. New people were taking first steps, and God used the pattern behavior. And this strategy is something that it it really, it'll activate your faith if you'll take these steps. And if you keep taking these five steps through the years of your life, you won't plateau. So in summary, here's the strategy, all five of them. Attend the worship service. Join a group. Commit to the body, volunteer on a team, and invest in and invite others. If you've, if you've built the pattern of attending worship into your life, if that's a pattern in your life, as you can see, there is so much more that God invites you to step into. There's so much more. There are some other things that God wants to use to activate your faith, and we would love to lead you towards taking these steps here at OCC with us. This is a great time to be coming around. And if, if for, for any reason, if you've gotten out of the practice with any of these strategy pieces, maybe today just decide, I'm going to take a step of action. I'm going to build this pattern back into my life. And over the, along with these uh, parts of, of our 
strategy. Each week I've been clarifying our vision, our 10-year vision, what we sense God wants us to focus on over the next 10 years. And so, so far we've been laying out uh, three things so far. The first is to secure and build uh, on property so we would establish permanence here in in the area. Second, and that's because we're a portable church. So now the last couple of years we've been saving money and looking for an opportunity. We're actually in escrow on a piece of land right in the center of town and we'll be giving you more. Uh, you can be praying. This next week we're going to learn a, a, an awful lot about the piece of land. So we're, we're sort of wrapping up the end of a first phase of of our due diligence on this piece of land, and we'll learn more about what we can do. We're, we're waiting on some land feasibility studies uh, to come in, and so on Thursday we're going to know a lot more. And so as we have more we can share, we will share, but be praying right now uh, and uh, considering different ways that you can help in this uh, in this season of church life. But secure and build so we can establish permanence. Number two, we want to train 200 more volunteers uh, I'm sorry, 200 more leaders from out of our own people and from the emerging generations. We have three different training programs, one-year commitment, two-year commitment, and five-year commitment. And these are helping people get trained who sense uh, either called a ministry leadership vocationally or leadership within the church or just even just I want to have the disciplines in my life to walk with Jesus for a lifetime. So we have some different ways to help with your growth. And so we've set an ambitious goal to train more. And then third, to extend via multi-site. There's parts of our town that we feel like we have made a deep impact into. We have lots of uh, involvement in different parts of town. But then there's some parts of this area and this region that we have very little. And as God raises up people who sense a call to ministry, uh, we'd like to give people opportunity to exercise those leadership gifts of starting things. And so we would... We have a sense that sometime in the next decade we would extend through a multi-site using live team teaching uh, to allow more leaders to be developed. And Lord willing, that may even raise up some new churches to be started through that effort as well. But then our fourth piece is this. We want to launch three churches three churches in the next 10 years. And so the specific statement is this. It's to launch three, this is the fourth piece of advance, launch three healthy and multiplying church plants in strategic California cities. There are 40 million people in, in California. We're the most populated state in the U.S. One out of every eight U.S. residents lives in California. And, and high cost of living, so that's, that causes a lot of people to cash in what they've got and move um, to different states. Uh, but, but we as a church really want to be a part of a renewal movement in reaching California. And so we want to be training leaders and then starting some churches in, in the course of time. And... Next week, we're going to tell you about our very first church plant. We actually have the planter uh, family from our church, uh, one of our leaders. We have the city that they'll be moving to, and we have the start date next year in June. And so we'll give you all the, uh, the details next week. And so I invite you to come back to hear about this. And it's going to be exciting, uh, stretching time for us as a church to plant our first church. And I hope you'll you'll be here to, to hear more about it. So I want to invite our worship team back up to the stage and encourage you to consider taking a next step. There's three. Sign up for the preview class. That might be the very first step. Consider joining a group and sign up to volunteer on a team. So let, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we wrap up. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity to look carefully at each piece of our strategy 
And I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would identify in each one of our hearts the pieces you want us to evaluate and respond to. We need your help to do that, but we ask, Father, that you would you continue to speak to us and clarify how you want us to, to respond to you, how you want us to apply your word to our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you've been encouraged by the message and equipped to move forward in obedience to God's word. Join us again next week for another Orange Crest Community Church podcast.